All right. Welcome to another episode of the Dented Can Show. This is Dave. John. And we're uh, we're actually going to do some beer talk. John just showed up with uh, some Vermont beers from, uh, well, why don't you? Hill Farmstead Brewery in Greensboro Bend, Vermont. Right on. So what, what are you drinking over there? What's I that? have a Marie. It's a unfiltered German-style Hell's Lager. All right. Crack this bad boy over here. Yeah, it's my favorite Cheers. sound. Cheers. Right. This is Abner, an American Imperial India Pale Ale. I love those pale ales. Let's taste this bad boy. Mm. Juicy. Juicy. Just the right amount of bitter. Uh, what's the... Where are we, uh... They don't tell you. Well, we don't know what the ABV is on this. Mine's a five. It's a, uh, it's an Imperial, so we're probably in the seven to nine range. Uh, doesn't taste real boozy though. It's uh, I'd probably like to drink these with uh. This would go great with a Beverly pizza. Mm. Oh. Probably more pepperoni, onions, and peppers mm. for me. Or like a, I don't know, like a, a Western-themed burger. You know, maybe some barbecue sauce, fried onions, jalapenos. Yes, that is Callie mm-hmm. meowing in the background for anybody that has ears good enough to hear her. <laughs> um, why don't you... What's going on with this uh, house yeah, over here? Yeah, this Marie. It's an unfiltered German-style house. Um, I mean, I, I hate to uh, do a comparison, but this is not dissimilar than every other Hell's beer that I've had. <laughs> oh, I'm not knocking them by any means when I say that, but um, I don't know. It's a, you know, it's a nice cruiser beer, you know, not, not too heavy, not too light. Um, kind of middle of the road. Uh, I think right now in craft beer... Uh, Hell's is kind of the bridging the gap beer to take all the people that drink Bud and Bud Light and get them into craft beer. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And it's definitely, you know, because that, that, that IPA explosion has definitely kind of teetered off. Um, you can only drink so many IPAs. And I love IPAs. Don't get me wrong. I love them. Um... You know, I got started when my dad started drinking uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, and then he moved up to uh, Torpedo, which is a little, a little more high octane. Uh, Torpedo is perfect with cigars. Yeah, it is. It's like the best, the one of the best beers to have with a cigar. Sierra Nevada makes makes solid beer. That hazy little thing we were talking about that last night. Yeah. You know, it's it's a real solid solid beer. It's not atrociously IPA. <laughs> Some of them, I, I've had some atrocious IPAs where it's just, you might as well just put a put a ball of hot powder in your mouth. Um, but this is good. I've never had anything from this brewery, so um, 
I'm gonna give it a two thumbs up. Yeah. I would definitely, definitely buy again. Or well, I would buy given the opportunity. Yeah, I mean th- this um this one's solid. Um nothing against it. Um unfortunately I know I'll say this about craft beer and, and while I appreciate everyone's art and I really do enjoy this, there comes a point at which the cost of a four pack gets obnoxious when it's you know, 15 and better for a four-pack, it gets a little obnoxious. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie. You know, I mean, maybe maybe I'm not appreciating the art or there's something that I'm not hearing in that, but I will tell you this. When I can buy a 10.99 six-pack, sometimes even $10 six-pack, or nine I've seen it for, of Hag, I get a little uh, upset with some of the craft brewers when I have to pay in excess of $10 for a four-pack. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know... To stay away from the politics, there's a lot of other stuff that that does kind of factor in transportation costs. Mm. You know, everything gets passed down. So you know, right? But so, I mean, fourteen. But I, plus I you know, for a four pack. I I I do agree. Oh, I was uh, a huge single cut fan mm. for for a long time. Um, I was never, I was turned off by the beer chase. Like, I didn't, like, if you didn't have it, you didn't have it, I'd find something good to drink. But, uh, you know, when I could get single cut, I, I would buy it, but it would kind of just turn me off after a while was I'm spending $25 for four 16-ounce beers. Yeah. You know, be fantastic beer, you know, it made me, like, now it's like I just kind of wanted to look at it and be like, ooh, look what I got, look what I got, instead of actually drinking it, which is the whole point. Um, I'm glad to see that prices are kind of gradually going down um, as far as product costs. Uh, again, there's other you know, fuel prices for distribution and stuff. I mean... I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna cheat here and and kind of break my own rule that I was just kind of saying that I find that obnoxious. But every now and again, when I'm in a store, I do tend to uh, buy like various beers if I know the brewers. I mean, you know, fine. We buy Berlin out of four packs sure. on occasion, so it's it's definitely like we have this sort of light rule. But it it takes a lot for me to feel convinced that it's valuable for me to spend almost a twenty spot on four beers. Yeah. It's almost a bar price for those beers. Exactly. You know, I, you know, uh, shout out to Aspetuck Brew Lab down the road. You know, I, I don't mind purchasing them because though I don't know them as intimately as I know the crew down at Berlinetta, they're, you know, they're my neighborhood brewery. Yeah. So, you know, I want to, I, 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 I don't mind uh, supporting them, but... Uh, and that's another really important thing about craft beer, right? We talk we talk about this on the can a lot, and that is the relationships we have to these products a lot of times. And it's not just products, it's music. You know, whether we talk about our friend Kenny in Symphonic Bodega or his, you know, feature in Hitching the Giddy Up or all these various bands, but the relationships we have to these various bands, businesses, things that we experience but it's also on a personal level we know them we're supporting um and we're rooting for you like if you're in our backyard okay fine in the most immediate sense it's blackrock but further out it's it's connecticut you know we we want to support uh outer light out in um new london is it directly or uh 
Outer Light is Groton. Okay, all right. So, so yeah, and same thing, like, Beard is another great brewery. We have a really great brewery scene throughout New England, but it's great to support our home state, whether you're making the best pizza we can see at, uh, you know, I don't know, I would argue Modern's kind of one of my favorites uh, in terms of a New Haven-style pizza. Yeah, I... I'm I'm gonna go a little more traditional and sell out because I I've always been a Pepe's fan since I was as my dad says agree knee high to a grasshopper. But, <laughs> um, that that was you know also you know ties to you know how food can have an emotional you know stir up emotional attachments. That was the first place that uh you know me and my mom and my dad would actually travel out to go get pizza. Was right. in New Haven. And then uh then we started finding places around you know, Fairfield, Stratford, around closer to home, because that let's you know, let's be honest, that trip to New Haven is not always the most fun. I mean, uh yeah, uh, like shout out to our friend uh Chelsea. Finally actually got to go out to see her uh her lake house in Old Saybrook uh last night. What a fun time. Stewart! Stewart. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the, the chips, I mean, Connecticut even is a little bigger state than you realize a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, and I think it it has a lot more to offer than people really think. Um, you know, we, we, people kind of think we're just kind of a pass-through state, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, we, yes, we are known for pizza. Yeah. But, you know, we have more than pizza. Um yeah, oysters are incredible. Blue They're parts. actually globally exported, which people don't uh, keep in mind. Um, those of you that follow the podcast from Australia, I know some of you have asked me to source oysters <laughs> for you. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Blue, Bloom and Cops are, are two that come to mind uh, in terms of, you know, having been asked to source for people and actually having had them available to people. We so. might be able to work something out. Yeah. Shh. Good some oysters. Um, but yeah, no, I love oysters. I, mean, I love oysters. A definite favorite. Oh, oh Duchess. That's another Connecticut thing. Duchess, Duchess is really great. Duchess for for you fast food hounds. It's the slow fast food. I don't know how that makes sense, but. Oh, it's like diner-ish, you know? You can get, yeah. like, a really good BLT there, for example. I remember back in the day when you could get a decent un- liver and onion sandwich. I think you can still, Duchess. yeah. I don't think they do. Huh. I remember cooking them. I remember eating them, too. Yeah. <laughs> they were good. I, I Extra onions for me. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Duchess is another Connecticut institution. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more to offer here. Than uh, you know, just to pass by and a gas up on your way to Boston or New York or wherever else you're you're headed. Yeah, yeah. No, we we have a lot of cool stuff. Um. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna take a short break here, and uh, we'll be back uh, real soon. Enjoy this song.
teach me how to eat. <laughs> yeah, all right. Welcome back. That was uh, Reverend Horton Heat. Learn to eat. I'll get to the album info after because I am unprepared. <laughs> so, John, you had a good idea of uh, something to talk about. The pod team has always been somewhat linked with the idea of tasting, right? And that's kind of why uh, the Reverend Horton Heat thing, the, the song actually kind of inspired me. Um, the whole thing, teach you how to eat, and some of the lyrics in there are really funny. They're like, oh, you know, marinate the meat, da, 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 do this, do that. And he's, he's talking it through, and I kind of linked it all up, and I was just, um, you know, making that linkage. And the linkage that I was making is, you know, whether it's tasting beer, going to a concert, etc., it's all some expression of taste in some way. Oh, that's a good, that's a good perspective to look at. Because, uh, yeah. Why don't you, uh, well, you know what? We, I could start with, with that. How about that, uh, that IPA seasoning we used on those burgers? Oh, yeah, it was, it was killer. I mean, and it, it's funny because I'm not typically a rub guy. I mean, like, I'll use chimichurri on occasion or certain things here and there, but I'm, I'm fairly sparing with uh, rubs a lot of times, and uh, I was just really impressed by it, actually. it's um, it, it was awesome, especially on a burger, um, you know. For those of you interested, it's by a company, uh, Watkins. Uh, it's an IPA... Uh, inspired rub. Um, it, it does contain several different ground hops that do add uh, that kind of juicy flavor. Um, it was uh, an impulse buy. I saw it. I was like, why not try it? Because, well, that's what we do. We try new things. Figured, well, wow, that was a win. Um... Yeah, learning your palate. What do you like? Um, it's a really wow. It really does apply to everything. Um, how would you how would you apply that to uh, say music and other other forms of of entertainment? Yeah, yeah. So, um, for me, like, oh. I know we had the whole discussion about how people don't drink enough wine, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, one of the things that, that kept coming to mind was the fact that people think that they hate wine. A lot of people think they hate wine, and then you show them one or two types, and you, you ask them based on, uh, you know, hey, what type of beer do you drink? Because there's a lot of beer drinkers or a lot of seltzer drinkers these days as well, and it's like, okay – what are the flavors you enjoy? And you start to be able to sort of be able to help people in this way when you, I mean, I've had to host a lot of tastings for various companies throughout my career. And one of the things that I've noticed with all this is that people that think they hate a category are probably not actually actively trying that category. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, for me, I I know especially when it comes to uh, music, um, how does it make me feel? 
Um, there's there's songs uh, on 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 the plethora of playlists that I have that uh, that can evoke different emotions. Uh, they make me feel. Uh, for one, is uh, this song Mountain Song. It was a Grateful Dead song. Uh, this particular version was was done at Gathering of the Vibes in Bridgeport in 2011 uh, when I was with uh, a really, 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 really beloved friend of mine, Lauren, uh, who, who has since left us. Um, and when I hear that song, uh, you know, I cannot get a little choked up talking about it. But uh, it just makes it so much powerful. So when I hear songs that are kind of like that, I, I, I get kind of interested in, oh, well, who wrote that? You know, when was that written? Um, so I, I, I could definitely apply that to, you know, how, you know, how you, you know, you need to actively search into it and, and really, I guess, you know, to, to dumb it down is to educa educate yourself about what it is, whether it's music or wine. Um, you know, I was never a big wine drinker. And then, you know, I started drinking um, different wines. And I really, I really I couldn't tell you much about wine. Uh, you know, I have a couple of favorites that I, that I like. Um, you know, again, they came from experience driven uh parts of my life but um you know I, I i'm learning i'm learning i'm learning from you that's for sure <laughs> yeah i mean the the whole uh the whole thing with with wines particularly that i find funny as well like and and take that in a musical context too i mean i went to reverend Horton heat and didn't know that I knew his his music. <laughs> and, um, you know, the, the funny thing about that was realizing how much of his music I already liked and how much of the bass of rockabilly I actually like because there's a little bit of ska in there, there's reggae in there, there's punk rock, there's other genres that I like. So it's not just similar to being able to say like, okay, this is why you're going to like this blend of red wine. This is why you're going to like this particular beer because you're working from the bass palette that you have but that's why it's important for people to go out there and this is my this is my mission this is like borderline my edict in life um and it's something that i got when i was in school and they they always told us our freshman year was taste 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 and i can't tell people to do that enough because i think it will better inform you as a human being to go and eat uh somebody else's mute food try and listen to their music understanding them from the place of food, booze, and rock and roll kind of helps you understand them culturally better, and you start to understand yourself better too. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great way to put it. Um, now I was just thinking. Uh, I was thinking about that book that I got the other day. The the beer in the nutmeg state. I think it is. Um. And I was really excited about it. And then I saw that it was published like seven years ago. 
Um, yeah. It's still a good read. I'm still definitely enjoying it. But it, it, what it's making me want to do, and I think this is what makes it uh, so special, is that it's making me want to kind of do a part two. So I want to I want to find some some Connecticut breweries that I we probably don't even know exist yet. I'm sure I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they're out there, or just they haven't been distroed in our areas, and um. It just shows that we, we really do have a, a very uh, vetted history in in brewing beer and why uh, why we, why Connecticut makes some pretty damn good beer. Um, we tried that that um, that two o three the Connecticut India. Connecticut style India Pale Ale, and it's uh, you know, it. I liked it. It was definitely a solid beer. Um, and it's kind of you know, I guess it, it's kind of unique to Connecticut, as opposed to you know West Coast, East Coast, New England, um, and you have all these styles of beer coming up. And and it's okay to say I like this, but I don't like that. Um, and I think that's important to do when you're discovering and building these different palettes of food or wine or beer or music or movies or artists. Um, it's okay to not like something. It's okay to say, hey, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't. It's it's not my thing. Um, it's not to say that it's not good. It's, it's just, you know, you can't like everything and you're not gonna, and it's okay to have, you know, I think by acknowledging that you can sit down and have, you know, that much better of discussions on, you know, whatever it is that you're, 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 you're talking about. Um, now by that same token though, I, I think we should take on and address this one component to that and that is be a fair critic and what I mean by be a fair critic is I naturally have an instinct sometimes to do shit on IPA and it is it is a bad habit of mine because I've found some IPAs that I've actually liked and it's hysterical because every time I go to rule something out I feel like I go through this moment of being like nah no way no it's bad no way there's no way that I that I like this style of beer. Absolutely not. And then I'll be served that particular style of beer by somebody or uh, in the instance of wine, right? I thought I hated white wine. Until I took wine class in college and it was like this eye opener that the reason you hated white wine was because everybody you knew kept trying to give you Chardonnay. You don't like Chardonnay. It's not that you don't like white wine. You don't like Chardonnay. <laughs> well, right. It's not about being negative um, by any means. It's not, you know, bashing, oh, that sucks. It's, you're naturally, you know, like, um, you know, I am by far not an artist. Um, but some colors, they just don't go together. Right. You know what I mean? And so to try to... 
puts them together in, in a painting, it, it you know, it it might be really good, but it might be, you know, only uh you know, attractive to certain people because of that particular color palette. Right. So that's you know, I I, I by all means, you know, I mean there's there's beers out there that I just I don't I'm not a huge fan of. Um you know, let's I, I we can take one of my very favorite, favorite, favorite breweries. Uh New England Brewing. I absolutely love Sea Hag. I love it. Uh it is one of my go to beers as we all know. Those of you following probably know this too. Um G Bot, not so much. It's not to say that it's not a good, you know, quality beer. It just doesn't suit my particular palate. So that's, I, you know, so yes, always, I think you're right. Always be fair. Uh, but it's, it, it's good to be honest. Don't, you know, be honest to yourself too. You know, if you don't like something, you don't like something. Um, because then you're not going to enjoy it. The way, you know, the people creating the beer or the music or the painting or whatever want you to. So, it takes, so on the, like, food component, and this is really funny now, I know we've talked a little bit about uh, eating things like opal, right? And people laugh about my life for it. Now, I started out when I did my apprenticeship learning a lot about opal, and a lot of people really don't like it. Fine. It took me quite a bit of time. To I'm going to hit you on a timeout for one second here. Yeah. I think you should explain what Opal is. Okay, yeah. And why most, so, pe- why, why people might question, you know. So we, <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? give them a breakfast, actually. So, um, the breakfast would be, Opal are the weird parts of an animal. Uh, so cheeks are actually technically not Opal, but they kind of fall in that weird category. Um, if you guys have ever had the dish known as guanciale, it's a cheek bacon. It's an Italian cheek bacon. It's really good. Uh, you can get it in a lot of specialty markets. It's actually uh, famous. It's used in a famous uh, dish in Italy. Um, it's, it's a northern Italian dish. I'm forgetting off the top of my head the name of this. Uh, Matricana. Uh, Matricana, it's a, it's a famous pasta dish, and it kind of, I would argue, is where we started to make carbonara, which is our whole fettuccine carbonara thing is a complete Americanization. But the point that I was trying to make here, uh, and what I was trying to go at with this whole opal thing is, a lot of people aren't familiar with eating a beef liver, a pig liver, or, you know, pâtés or foie a lot of these different um, unique and not even necessarily unique things, but sort of, in a, in a way, it's a lost art, knowing how to cook these items, you know, knowing how to cook a pig snout, knowing how to play with these types of items. So in its own right, it's like a lost genre of music, Ophelez. So to be able to talk about eating a bone marrow, eating all these different unique items, um, people get a little, they get a little weirded out, but it's worth trying, and that's that's, I guess, our whole point with this whole episode is to get people to 
go to that concert of music that you're not familiar with because to hear it live is going to be to experience it in a different light or see or understand it. Don't be afraid to order that beef heart tartar. It might be really tasty. <laughs> I happen to love beef heart. Um, I like beef heart better than a blank steak, um, but you have to know how to prep it. That's the big thing. For you home cooks, um, I may at one point actually break down a cow heart and show you guys how to clean them and stuff. Um, they're a really nutritious thing as well. So like, if you have young ones at home, you can actually dice it and throw it through ground beef, and it's actually very nutritious for the young ones. I think nutrition might be a really good episode in and of itself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, yeah, I always, I always say nutrition's one of those ones that's. It's funny. There's so much hot debate on. I mean, you think you want to avoid politics? Nutrition's the next one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, we'll figure that out one one episode at a time because, you know, got to dent some cans while you think this stuff up, right? Absolutely. Um, which, uh, speaking of beers, I don't know if you've had the uh, Dos Equis Summer Series. No, haven't tried They're it yet. awesome. Uh, a little reco on my part here. They have a watermelon beer that has lime and salt in it. And it's awesome. Uh, the pineapple ones gets you. They even have a cucumber beer, which I instinctively was like, this is everything that's wrong in the world. There's no way this is going to be good. And it was epic. Right on. <laughs> like, it's so refreshing, you almost could call it a breakfast beer. Ah. It's no espresso martini at Maddie's, but, you know, we can't. You can't have breakfast at Maddie's every day either, so. Yeah, that goes along with the nutrition theme, right? <laughs> but you can wear your shoes. <laughs> that, folks, is a private joke. Those of you at Maddie's, <laughs> if you go to Maddie's, you know. If not, you're better off for it. I myself am enjoying a Genesee specialty, a honey brown. Yeah, I, I think it would have probably gone really well with the IPA rubbed uh, cheeseburger. Oh yeah, yeah, those were uh, those were really good. I um, speaking of funny taste points, um, so those of you that know me well know that you know having been professionally in food for as long as I have and in the whole food and wine world. Um, I happen to almost always have a knife in my hands. Um, I was lucky enough uh, a while back, I actually received an open elm number 10. It's a French folding knife. And uh, what's cool about them is they're really simple um, knives, but they're, they're very sharp blade and all that. But uh, what was cool is I broke mine cutting open a box, um, like a uh, whatever cardboard boxes recently. I was doing something somewhere and uh, I emailed them and they actually sent me back a knife no questions asked so I just wanted to give them a shout out that's a really cool thing whatever a company whatever you buy in this world like if they're unhappy with it when they honor it and they're just like hey listen something happened when people do do the right thing by it you should always just say thank you so wow that's an awesome thing 
Yeah. Oh. So, well, well, I maybe uh, we should tell everybody we'll be doing our first event ever. Um, in conjunction with uh, Wolfie's Brands. Those of you in Connecticut, uh, if you happen to be in the Bridgeport area, Saturday, July 30th, uh, stop by between 4 and 9 p.m., grab a beer and uh, support the cause. We're, uh, we're raising money for Fridgeport, which is a, uh, a food pantry uh, thing. I think, uh, John, you know a little more about it, or he explained it to you because you asked more than I did. Yeah, so um, how it works and what's cool about this is there's a public library system uh, in Connecticut, and it works on the streets. And basically um, that system is one where the children and, and various people throughout the community can walk up and they grab a book off of a particular spot. Now, a lot of houses actually host uh, the little, um, they're almost like a mailbox, but it's like a mailbox-style library situation. Well, what Fridgeport does is it's a similar concept in the way that it's worked with, and they uh, use fridges, but they're put outside, and they're, you know, they're kept at proper temp and all that. Uh, so it is safe to work with, but it's a open community-type refrigerator for people that, Maybe they're having a little bit of a struggle, but they don't necessarily want to go and file all the paperwork to be a part of a direct food bank or something like that. Or, you know, maybe maybe they don't have, you know, a million different things. And, and the bigger point of charities like this and what's so great about them is their um, solidarity, not charity. You know, we're, we're helping our neighbors. We're helping the community doing things like this uh there's also access to cooked meals as well uh through this program i believe on the weekends um we'll try and get you guys some more info we'll probably put it on our facebook that's where a lot of more of our super detailed stuff goes uh, a lot of times obviously on the podcast we don't necessarily have the uh access to send you something to read <laughs> <laughs> well usually but, when yes, we're doing our podcast we're usually having too much of a good time to have our shit completely together. So, <laughs> thank God for social media where we can kind of back ourselves up a little bit. Because like you guys, you know, we're here, you know, we're, we're trying to help inspire and inform. But we want, you know, at the end of the day, we want everybody to have a good time. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, um, I, I couldn't, couldn't have said that better myself. I mean... I am uh, really, really keen on, on getting our community back together. I mean, especially in a, a post, uh, post-pandemic post environment. Forget how you feel about it. I mean, so many of us, those of us that had to be essential, you and I, Dave, I mean, we commiserate about those days of having had to be essential while everybody else got to chill on the couch. Right. But you know uh, what? It was... I, I know we shit on them. We're like, yeah, those lazy fucks. They got to take a few months off. <laughs> uh, but we love you. We love you just as much as we love we everybody else. We love you, but we're still shitting on you a little bit. Just a little bit. We got to break your balls a little. Yeah, well, you guys can take it. Um, but yeah, man, um, this Ridgeport event, we're very excited about it. Uh, we're probably going to be throwing down with 
some type of food surprises. We're not really sure yet. Um, I like to keep them fun, uh, unapproachable, but uh, always it's always going to be something that pairs well with uh, some type of booze <laughs> when it's the can out there. So. Yep. They'll, uh, I believe there will be uh, live music and... Uh, Charity, uh, a raffle, I think. I think. I think uh, a- yeah, there's, there's going to be a number of different things going on. It's, uh, it's definitely one of those events that I'm very excited about. Um, you know, every bit, every bit as excited about that as I was for uh, Black Rock Day. Yeah, Black Rock Day was great. So, yeah, so if you're in the, uh, you know, if you're in Connecticut, but, you know, more so Fairfield County, uh, come down to uh, Luna's Cauldron on Fairfield Avenue, parking lot in back, Wolfie's Backyard Barbecue. It's going to be a good time. You're doing it for a good cause. Uh, you can meet us. You can meet the guys uh, guys and girls at Luna's Cauldron. And, uh, you know, just be a part of something really special. And uh, with that, remember... If you dented the can, the beer was good. <laughs>